Praise the Lord, CLA. This is Pastor Dees again, here with the Feast of the Lord, Part 5. Feast of the Lord, Part 5. Um, once again, if uh, you are just jumping in to Part 5 without listening to Part 1 through 4, I would strongly advise that you please listen to Part 1 through 4. Um, so that you kind of can follow along and get the full gist of what is being said. Nothing is taken out of context. So, But if that is the case, um, you have been through the first four. God bless you for your patience and your endurance. Uh, and here we go. Let's get right into it. Uh, I said last time we're going to talk about the children. So let's go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 26 and 27. Exodus chapter 12. Verse 26 and 27. Uh, and it says, And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean you by this service? That you shall say, It is a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And flip with me, can you, to Exodus chapter 13. Verse number 8, Exodus 13, 8. And this is talking about unleavened bread after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Verse 8, he says, And you shall show your son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto you upon your hand and for a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand has the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And then uh, just move on down to verse 14. And it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say unto him by strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of from Egypt from the house of bondage? And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man, firstborn of beast. Therefore... I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males. But all the firstborn of my children I redeem. And it shall be for a token upon your hand, for frontlets between your eyes. For by strength the hand of the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. Praise God. And so God wanted them to be doing these physical things with the feasts and the memorials and with Passover and the lambs, and uh, eating the unleavened bread, and getting the leaven out of their house, because he wanted it to create a question in the children. He wanted the children to start asking questions and say, why are you doing this? What does this even mean? What is the purpose of all this? So that it would give an opportunity for these men of God, these women of God, to explain to their children about who the Lord is. And so we see that God is a master teacher. He is masterful in teaching. He doesn't just uh, give us words on a page, but um, he gives us examples. He gives us stories. He shows what he intends to do through um, pictures and literally through the nation of Israel and through parables and allegories and types and shadows because he wants us to really know. And so I am uh, just uh, so in awe of God of how he just 
brings things together in such a wonderful way. It's this wonderful tapestry that he that he weaves together um, of his perfect plan. And so he wanted um, the adults to be doing things in their homes that would cause the children to ask, why are you doing this? What is this for? What does this mean, dad? What does this mean, mom? So that the parents could say, let's sit down, son, sit down, sit down, daughter. Let me tell you about our God. And so we're doing this because he saved us. We're doing this because he delivered us. We do this because he's been good to us, because he brought me out when no one else could. Praise God. I pray um, there are things we do that that cause my kids or those around me um, to ask questions, to, to say, man, why does he do that? Why, why do they act that way? Why, why that? And, and the answer and the reason would be because of what Jesus has done for me, because he's been good to me. Praise God. Um, it's not because, well, I have to. It's not because somebody made me. It's not because this is what my church does. This is what the pastor does. No, this is because of what God did. With a mighty hand, he brought me forth. He delivered me. Right. So uh, why do you go um, to service on Sundays? Why do you come to Bible study? Why do we sing unto the Lord? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you get up and pray? Why do you, why do you sacrifice? Why do you give to the Lord? Why do you revolve your life around the things of God? Why do you revive your life around the church? Not because of the church, but because Jesus delivered me from the hand of my enemy. He set me free. He brought me out. He opened my eyes. He turned my life around. He delivered me. Praise God. That's got to be our reason. That's got to be our answer. And so God wanted us to do things that would create questions in the minds of our children. Um, Because God wants every generation to know him. He wants every generation to know his goodness, his faithfulness, his power, his might, um, and what he's done so that they'll reach for him for themselves. Praise God. Um, Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number six. Many of you could probably quote this, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently unto your children. Talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, And when you rise up, praise God. And so uh, the Shema, the the hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He says, I want you to teach this to your children. I need you to pass it on to the next generation. God forbid, church, God forbid that we should have something and know the Lord and walk with him. And we not pass it on to the next generation. We have an obligation to invest in our children. We we have an obligation um, to teach them the ways of the Lord. Somebody says, well, you're brainwashing them. You're you're forcing them to do it. No, you can't force anybody to serve the Lord, but you can absolutely declare what he has done for you. You can declare how good he's been. 
You can declare um, the blood is going to be over our house. But it's going to be up to each individual to make a decision that I'm going to take of the lamb for myself. Praise God. But I want my kids to know who he is. I want uh, young people that I'm around to know that Jesus is worth it. Praise God. I want to live my life. I want to observe the feast. I want to observe and celebrate the Lord in such a way that people will question. They will wonder why. Why? Why do you love? Why do you keep coming back? Why do you keep serving? Why do you turn the other cheek? Why do you lay down your life? Why are you giving your money? Why are you giving your time? Well, let me tell you, it's because of this Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. And so these feasts, right? So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they're, they're in their house for a week and they're, and they're eating unleavened bread and they're, they're getting all the leaven out and you know, probably little Susie, little Johnny are looking and they're like, what's going on, mommy and daddy? But it created an opportunity for them to talk about God together. Um, and so I'll say this. So some people say, well, Pastor Deez, are you telling us that we have to um, observe Passover and, and, and do these things and get the leaven out of my house and go through those um, type of rituals and stuff like that? No, I'm definitely not saying that at all. I don't, I pray you understand the spirit of all this, um, that the fullness of it is Christ. But I will say, I believe there are some benefits to doing some things to teach our children. Um, you know, we read bedtime stories. We, you read a bedtime story and probably you're probably, you know, as a little kid, if it's a Goldilocks and the three bears, I'm sure you're changing your voice and you're like, oh, you know, just whatever we do. I'm sorry, I'm not even going to get into it. But you're acting it out. And so what you're doing is you're bringing in um, other senses to, to kind of uh, illuminate their mind, to give them an interest in the story so that they'll understand it, so that they can feel like they're there, so that they can know what's going on. This is what God is doing. This is what he says about his feast and these observances. He's like, I want to give people a picture. I want them to experience it. I want them to know it. I want them to see it, touch it, hear it, smell it, feel it, and know that I'm good. And so I want them to, to go through things that teaches people I'm good. I want them to uh, clean their house in such a way that it gives me glory and, and eating certain foods that, that makes people talk about me. And so um, killing a lamb and all that stuff. And so it's just whatever you have to do. Um, and so like I say, uh, we do things, we, we, we do rituals, we do stuff, but we need to do it around God to give an opportunity to talk about the Lord. And so if that is, you know, doing, uh, observing the Feast of Unleavened Bread and getting all the leaven out of your house, first of all, I'll say good luck with that. Um, <laughs> it might be a very hard task in today's society. Uh, <laughs> seems like leaven and yeast is in everything. <laughs> um, uh, I probably won't be doing that. We we have some Hawaiian sweet rolls that, that uh, just not leaving the house. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, so but yeast and, and, you know, going through those actions and those things, whatever it is and uh, or uh, parts of, of of even Passover. And that's what we're going to be partaking of. And when we talk about communion and communion is Passover, that's what it is. The Lord's Supper. It was Passover. Um, it really wasn't even, uh, obviously it was the Lord's Supper, but it was the Lord's Passover. And, and it continued all the way till Jesus' time. And Jesus took it and said, this, this is the fullness of it. 
And so we as a church, we continue in that. We observe communion. We participate in Passover um, with, with the bread and, and the juice. Um, and, uh, and so there's other aspects of it that you can bring in and even do it as a family. Uh, even do it as a husband and a wife or do it with your friends or whatever. You can, there's just these ways because he wants to create opportunities for people to ask questions and know who he is. Um, and so uh, he, tells, he tells them as they're observing Passover, he says, listen, the law, though, is you got to be circumcised to participate in this. To participate in the feast, you had to be circumcised because the feast and the celebration was only of those who had been delivered by God, who God was their God. And so that's the same for Passover. That's the same for communion. Uh, it's not for just everybody. Um, it's for those that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, those that have been saved, those that have made Jesus their Lord uh, and have been washed by his blood. And uh, because we have been circumcised in the heart, circumcised through the waters of baptism. And so um, God wants us to celebrate him. Um, and so whatever you're going to do, do it in faith. Um, do it in faith. Do it with joy. Do it with excitement, you know. And, um, and so as we go through, obviously, these feasts, they were different times of the year. They were kind of spaced out. But God said he set these regular intervals so that people wouldn't go too long without doing these things and stirring up questions in their children's mind and being able to literally teach a Bible study to their children um, about what God had done for them. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Um, I want to uh, touch on another scripture, Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. And uh, look at verse number uh, 17, Genesis 18, verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Praise God. And so God says, man, I got, I got to share this with Abraham. I got to talk to Abraham what I'm planning to do. And the reason was, because he says, well, I'm going to make him a great nation. I'm going to bless him. And those are all the promises of God. But really the reason comes down to, he says, because I know Abraham. I know that he's going to teach his children. I know that Abraham is going to take the time and invest in the next generation. And because of that, God says, I want to tell you about the future. I want to tell you about prophetic things and things that are to come because I know you're going to invest in those younger ones. Praise God. And so I want to have that heart. I want to have that heart that cares about those that are coming up, cares about young people, cares about the children, wants to lead them and be an example to them. Praise God. We need to teach our children how to pray. We need to uh, teach our children how to uh, walk with God, how to um, love their enemies. Yeah, I said it. We need to teach our children how to love their enemies, how 
to, to serve, um, how to submit, how to honor, respect authority. We need to teach our children how to uh, praise the Lord, how to sing songs unto God, and when they're in a bad spot, turn to the Lord and cry out to Him. Praise God. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that, um, you know, the kids are up front giving God praise and uh, jumping and clapping their hands and using what God has given them for, for, the, for the glory of God. Um, but they've got to see that in us. They've, they've got to see me weeping before the Lord. They've got to see me um, crying and at an altar. They've got to see me with hands lifted up and praying for the sick and preaching the gospel. Uh, I want to be that example. I want to show them the right ways of God. And, uh, and so that's what God told him. He says, I know Abraham. He's going to teach his children. And so I can trust him. I can trust him with this knowledge. I can trust him with this gift. I can trust him with this power, with this authority, because he's going to transfer it um, on to the next generation. So if I could encourage um, us all as... Um, Look at these times. So um, let me just give you an example of something. Um, so on Sunday, uh, most of the world calls it Easter and they do uh, Easter egg hunts and they have Easter baskets and um, whatever. But they do rituals, right? They actually observe, they celebrate. Um, but unfortunately, what it's, something that it's not instilling in, in children is a love and appreciation for the Lord. And so God's not, a, God's not against celebrating. He's all for celebrating. He's all about holidays. He loves holidays. He loves celebrating holidays. He loves dancing. He loves partying, right? God loves music, <laughs> but we got to do it for the right thing. And so I want to take our energy, our creativity, um, you know, crafts, arts, all that stuff. And I want to use it and revolve it around the things of God so that our kids can learn about the Lord and be excited about the Lord. Um, I want them excited about the Passover lamb and not the Easter bunny. Uh, I want them to um, be excited uh, about the Feast of Unleavened Bread uh, more than they are about um, an Easter basket. Um, because I want them to know that it's got meaning, it's got power, and it's real. So, um, you know, however you decide to do it, whatever, uh, I would, I would, you know, obviously just pray about it. Pray to the Lord. Lord, how do we, what do you want us to do? You know, um, if there's anything, whatever. Um, so us as a church, we're going to be observing uh, Passover. And uh, you, will, you will hear me. You will hear my language. Um, when I speak of things, I will use biblical language. Um, I will not use a lot of terminology that is not in the Bible. Um, so I'm going to call it what it is. It's Passover and it's the Lord's Passover. And um, and then um, so we're, we're about done with this one. But next time we're going to talk about um, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of First Fruits. And, and so say, man, this is a lot to cover in a little bit of time. Well, yeah, well. Uh, the crazy thing is, is that it's all together. It's all happening um, this weekend uh, of April, um, depending on when you're listening to this. 
but uh, it happens all in the same time. Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, first fruits, all together. And so we'll talk about that and talk about um, the significance of Jesus and how he is our first fruits. And, uh, and then that's what we're celebrating. Praise God. So uh, let us pray together. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you um, for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for your goodness, your love towards us. Thank you for what you've done. God, I pray for each and every parent, each and every um, grandparent, each and every um, guardian, uh, each and every uh, adult, young person, God, that has influence on young people. I pray, God, that we would be willing to teach them. We would be willing to instruct them in your ways, God, that we would uh, do things and celebrate you in such a way that would cause others to ask questions. God, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of teaching children about you and sharing the goodness of Jesus. Lord, I pray that even right now, God, that young people would come to a knowledge and an excitement of you, a zeal for you, oh God. Use us however you see fit. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for all that you're doing. We give you glory and praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, CLA.